Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on January 23rd, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There, you will find the full worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you'd like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Hallie Parkins with a Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogue and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began saying to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Early on in the pandemic, when the world had ended as we had once known it, I took a lot of long walks, and the kind of walk that often happened at the beginning or middle or ends of days, And on one of these long walks, in the middle of all the thinking and the feeling and the processing that was going on, I found myself at a poetry post, something like a tiny library in the neighborhood, only this one held a single poem. It was entitled Pandemic by Lynn Unger. The poem begins, what if you thought of it as the Jews considered the Sabbath, the most sacred of times, cease from travel, cease from buying and selling, Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And for me, it has been a long time and a long practice to come to moments of centeredness. It feels like a challenge to be still with so many unknowns and uncertainties still swirling around. Sabbath and rest is a practice I am still working at all these months later in the pandemic. And in some ways, this time and hope of deep rest really hasn't become a constant practice throughout the pandemic. That kind of deep and holy rest felt out of reach, I think, when trying to navigate uncharted waters and offer spiritual connection and worship online. And so much connection with one another is dependent on the internet and access to a computer and fluency with Zoom and extensive patience, as we all know, with mute and unmute. And there's been so much urgency to try and figure it all out. I know so many of you have felt urgency in the pandemic, especially you who parent children and teachers and administrators and grocery store workers and all of our amazing healthcare workers. And lately, 
I hear how collectively we are teetering on the edge of holding it all together. And I wonder how we feel if we carved out deep and holy rest, slowing down and attending to the holy that continues to be present among us. We've been striving and responding and innovating for so long. And I admit, I come to our gospel story today thinking about something extraordinary happening here and a marvelous fulfillment of scripture through Jesus, speaking the living word, embodying the prophetic passage in Isaiah in flesh and blood and voice. There are eyes and ears and hearts that help me slow down a little bit to take in the scene and not rush into this symbolic living word. I begin to find a pace within the gospel that settles into all the ordinariness of life, into the patterns and practices of what would be normal, knowing that we on this side of the gospel are still defining what our relationship is to normal. In my imagination of the normal and ordinary in this gospel, I think it would be like any other worship setting when a person you see would walk up and cross the front and maybe adjust them uh, the reading or the microphone in our present day context. It's as ordinary as someone coming up to read in person, but online it's short and a quick cut between song and scripture. There's also behind the scenes a big light and a carefully positioned lens. And our media coordinator, Cody, who's so patient with us and looking on encouragingly. And sometimes there's a smile you can see just behind the mask. So in the ordinary or maybe the extraordinary tempered down, the presence of God is really brimming with promise. There are things happening that we can't yet perceive. And even in something so ordinary as unrolling the scroll and reading perhaps all too familiar words of Isaiah 61, God is making something radically and joyfully possible that we could never imagine to begin with. In deep and beautiful ways, the passage in Isaiah speaks of God's promise to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's a promise that's continued and renewed and imperfectly practiced in reality. The promise is so far out in the future, it's always beyond our grasp and beyond reach because the year of the Lord's favor, multiplying seven times seven years, when the trumpet would sound and a jubilee year began, is too impossible to imagine. In a jubilee year, a year of the Lord's favor, the land would rest from planting and harvesting. People would sustain themselves from the abundance of the previous year's harvest. And this land that sustains us, we are reminded, belongs to God, and we are restored to a relationship with the land and with God. Hired workers and temporary residents and indentured servants would be released in this jubilee year. Uh, and land that had been sold or leased would be given back to the families. Debts would be forgiven. And in this jubilee year, there's such a radical vision of redistribution of wealth and land and freeing people. There's a tremendous healing that happens between people in relationship and also of the land. It's this massive year of restoration and it's nothing less than an invitation to participate fully in God's promise. But it never quite worked out. 
And in my understanding, the Jubilee year was never fully practiced. It's just out of reach, out of grasp. Impossible really to imagine giving up what people had. Impossible to see what life would look like at that point. And when Jesus finishes reading and rolls up the scroll and hands it back, he sits down. All eyes then are upon him. And he speaks the words that make it true. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And today, in you, in us, the scripture has been fulfilled in Jesus through you and your hearing of the word. When we witness the story and the unrolling of the scroll, the words spoken, all eyes, ears, and hearts focused in, we witness the living word. And as soon as you heard the scripture today, it had been fulfilled. This new life that awaits, it's here now, and it is inviting you into the transformation of the world. God's presence through Jesus is inviting you into the radical redistribution of resources, into restoring the earth and the land that is God's. It's an invitation into living in the abundance that already exists. I know it's tempting to say that it's impossible, or it's really not the time now for this kind of radical change. But we can't postpone life and joy and the love of God that we are called into because we've heard it now. It lives in us. I've experienced a small glimpse of this firsthand because there was a day back in December when our parish administrator, Linda, came into the office with the song, This is the day that the Lord has made. And maybe you know it, and maybe you've learned it when you were little. This song and spirit of joy that came with her into the office happened to be in a time where most of us were feeling pretty sad and down. We were reminded of the promise of God brimming with joy and life and love that is present in each day. In the past couple of weeks, it's not unusual that someone will begin singing, This is the day that the Lord has made in our office, and even sometimes dancing to it. And I love that in preschool chapel, Linda taught this song to our young learners and they sang it down the hallway and they sang it all morning long and they probably went home with their parents and grandparents singing that song. Today we rejoice in the things that we cannot yet know or see or hear and trusting always that God's presence is here shining the blessing of love and joy in our lives. And we'll be glad in it as the song goes. Thanks be to God.